Go Light presents Murder Most Irish. Human rights. Say it. Human rights. Right, we've said it. That's all we have. Human to do. rights. That's all we have to ever I do. I believe in human rights. It's like that guy who went round the camera to all the celebrities and got them to say gay rights, and this makes me laugh every time. Gay rights. <laughs> gay rights. Say, it, Collie. Gay rights. Gay rights. <laughs> and he's like, he said, gay rights. I'm like, gay rights. Gay rights. And you know, realistically, they're just being—they were being nice, but it just looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. La la! Welcome to this week's episode. But isn't that you know that uh, brass eye? Remember brass eye? Oh yeah, with cake. And he got everybody on the red carpet to talk about the cake. Cake. Uh, he got people to make videos about cake. Yeah. Phil Collins. I would. Here's me. I would absolutely have sex with Chris Morris. I know you would. Yeah, thousand percent. You love Chris Morris. Love Chris Morris. I think Chris Morris is amazing. Father. I think he is If you don't uh, get that reference We can't be friends I think he's amazing I think he's uh, 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 Probably the best thing About British economy Chris Morris Then after that Matt Berry Matt Berry is not The second best thing About British comedy An aloof man That makes me laugh And is watching the episode of uh, What we do in the shadows This week And it's I haven't seen any of the new season That man's Just He can read a line Like it's not meant to be funny, but mm. just the way he does it. Because he's my homeboy. Yeah. And I love that he's getting the recognition. I know he hates it. Hates but it. I l- if you see him at video videos at Comic-Con, he does not want to be there. I don't blame him. Like, but he's a really um, private dude. Actually, I was listening to... I started listening to Off Menu, which is the James A. Caster and the other comedian whose name I cannot remember. Where, but basically what they do, I think you'd like it, is they interview... Celebrities, comedians, writers, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they get them to pick their dream menu at a restaurant. Oh. So like, you know, drink starters, main, dessert, whatever. So you get to pick like your dream menu and they they interview um, various people. So I was listening to Bob Mortimer's today and they were saying, you know, what do you do when you're off time? And he's like, oh, me and Matt Berry just go and sit in the pub and talk shit about other comedians. And I was like, really? I can't imagine Matt Berry sitting in a pub with someone. In my head, he just lives in the forest. Yeah, he has his own bar, yeah. That he only lets certain, certain people, people in. Too. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like, I love Matt Berry. Am I really far away from the microphone? No, you're fine. I can hear you perfectly. Uh, what, Big was, the what, was dream, what was What was Bob's dream menu? Ridiculous. Yeah, it had to be. So his dream menu was boil in the bag bird's eye beef with uh, mashed potatoes, like mashed potatoes you do in a microwave and peas. And then his, his side, he wanted a side of trout just pan fried trout on the side as a side and then he wanted an extra part of the menu where he could have a hot dog from Cineworld okay <laughs> his entire menu was completely insane but I think he's a weirdo anyway Bob is a weirdo yeah so I think they were just pissing themselves off because most of them come on and be like I want to blah 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 and he just came on and was like my dream food is but you know that, that, that's a, bag like me. and I know I'm going to take like a because he is like he is a surrealist comic yeah uh, comic but 
That's what food should be. It should be because that's what they were saying. They were like, we want people to, you what you what when you went go go somewhere, it doesn't have to be like you know, pan said foot of lamb. Like, do you know, know what's what I mean? on mine? What hot nuts? Hot nuts. Someday, Sarah. <laughs> uh, quick question: Does anybody know Sahara hot nuts? <laughs> where to get Sahara hot nuts? Sahara hot nuts. Because I suggested we buy some, but apparently you can't do that. They have to be done in a thing. Because it's a machine that it's you a, get in the pub. It's they a machine. on the bar in the pub. If anybody listening to this podcast knows of any bar in Ireland, doesn't matter where it is, because we will go, yeah. that does Sahara hot, hot nuts. nuts, please let us know, because every time we go past, drive past a pub, <laughs> Sarah goes, I wonder do they have hot nuts? I'm like, Sarah... <laughs> I can't like I can't help you with this hot nut situation. So we went to a pub. Fucking hell! We went to a pub the other day in Swords and there was no hot nuts. She was devastated. Fucking I think con- the last time. When was the last time we had hot nuts? Like three. When we went to Belfast two years ago. Two years ago, she got hot nuts. She was very excited. In so if anybody knows of any bar, pub, anywhere that does Sahara hot nuts, please. Or if anybody has a Sahara hot nuts machine, if you have I will a machine buy it off in your you. house. Can we come over? I buy it. I buy it off you. I'll buy it out right <laughs> off you. I'll buy it off you. absolutely serious like, right I'm deadly serious. I will buy the Sahara Hot Nuts machine. What's so good about Sahara Hot Nuts? They're just delicious. They're like the perfect for me. Yeah. And whatever it does to my tongue. Right. They're the exact amount of like salt and the exact amount of heat because I don't like really spicy food. They work. And with a fucking Jemson. Who play her? And who play her? Who play Sahara Hot Nuts? Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek would play Sahara Hot Nuts. Salma Hayek. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then Michael Fassbender would play the whiskey. That's a good, that's good. I like this. Like. I like this casting. Or maybe Liam Neeson. No, Michael no. Fassbender. Have you seen that guy that keeps putting pictures of uh, Liam Neeson on TikTok <laughs> saying he's pissed himself in every fan picture? <laughs> no. And I was like, is this real? <laughs> and I didn't Google it to check, but I will. He was like, look, Liam Neeson pissed himself. Like every picture, there's just a stain. <laughs> I presume he's photoshopped the piss on, but if he has, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, Sahara Hot Nuts, that's our So that would be like deal. on my menu, but there'd be a lot like, I would probably go down the route of what Bob's gone down, of being like things... You really love. From my childhood. Yeah, and that's what he did. And then he said his dessert would be a boost bar. <laughs> fucking, mine would be a star bar. I fucking love a star bar. Back when I had teeth. Star bar with a cup of tea, man. Mmm... Nothing better Because when I was listening to it I was trying to be like What would be my dream menu Actually you know I'm being really rude Because I don't know That other comedian's name And I need to I don't I, I don't feel rude When I do that Because I'd hate for somebody To be like Sarah Jane and the other one Which is probably how to describe it No they always say uh, Emma and Ed Sarah. Gamble I don't know who Ed, Ed Gamble Ed Gamble and Jamie Acaster They're British comedians But uh, they're, it's a very good podcast And it makes me giggle And just the Bob Mortimer one Was hilarious Because he did He was just like and then he was, he was saying that uh, when he gets the hot dog, he just he's like, I want to be in a really fancy restaurant. I want to put ketchup and, and mustard on and just swirl it around my finger in a really fancy restaurant. And I was like, this is exactly what Bob Mortimer would yeah. do. Um, but yeah, because I wasn't thinking, you know, when someone's dream menu, I'm like, because I'm trying to think of things that are like, you know, in a nice restaurant. And then I'm like, no, I have a Dr. Ucker goat's cheese pizza. <laughs> that Dr. Ucker mozzarella pizza with the spinach. Listen to me. Whoever this German fucker is. Yeah. He makes real Italiano pizza. <laughs> and it's fucking delicious. And that goat's cheese pizza, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's so much sodium in that He puts the goat's thing. cheese. He puts the pesto. It's delicious. Go get a Dr. Ucker's. It was a period of time where I used to just live on those salami pizzas from Dr. Ucker. They're so good. Mm. My favourite thing is the ad. They're like, real Italiano pizza. From Dr. Ucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so good. Gino Ginelli. <laughs> 
I used to think Gino Ginelli was the height of luxury. Height of sophistication. I, I think, was always really confused that Gino Ginelli was not ice cream. Also, if Gino Ginelli, I was like, if you're, am I in your house and you have Gino Ginelli, you're rich. You're rich. I don't have Gino Ginelli. I have Tesco six pack value pizzas. My thing for me was if I went to your house and you had like, like brand name Yes, Fox's biscuits. Like, like Gar had Fox's biscuits. Yeah, he oh, his mum was obs- was obsessed with those Fox's biscuits. Yeah, or if I yeah that kind of thing where you're just like oh you don't. Do you have remember the um, Value ones? Do you remember the Echo Bars? Yes, they were so good. They were so good. Fuck man, they were delicious Echo Bars. Echo Bars and then bring like back in the Echo middle. Bars. Bring back an Echo Bar. But Gary Ward had Echo Bars, and I just remember being like, "You're mad, not both have jobs." Yeah. Well, they're just fucking like, making a living. Your parents are together. Congratulations. Well done. Well done on that, yeah. I'm oh, making yeah, no. a living. Yeah, making making money to buy brand name product. Or whenever I used to go to anybody's house, this is how I judged people that were rich. And they had Sylvanian family, mm. which is fine because everybody has to know. But they had like the Sylvanian family house and the van and they had a collection of Sylvanian families that made sense and there wasn't some Sylvanian families from like Yeah. You the know, charity the shop. charity shop. I was like, oh, they're rich. Mine was like, if they, because I didn't play with Sylvanian families. Mine was like, if they had all of the Ghostbusters, including the <gasps> firehouse. Oh my God. Rich. And they had the, rich. They had the Egon that when you pressed it in the back, his like eyes his popped eyes down. Like, yeah. Um, I remember just rich. being like, jeez, your man now really have their shit together, don't Americans they? don't call Sylvanian families Sylvanian families. What do they call them? I'll tell you now. A few moments later. Calico Crushers. Oh, Calico Crusher. Yeah, 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 I did know that. Little babies. Why do they insult the intelligence of the United States of America's citizens? What do you mean? Because they know they wouldn't say Sylvanian. No. Calico Critters. They were like, Sylvanian? <laughs> Sil? Sil what? It, where's this from? Russia <laughs> Johnny you're not playing with those anymore they're going in the fire they're going in they're gonna put us on the list Nixon's gonna come he's gonna knock down the door <laughs> oh calico critters here's BB good like go out and shoot your sister in the head what's Bernstein bears what are you talking about I there's things I see and I'm like what's this and I just don't find it Bernstein out Bernstein bears Bernstein bears I'm sorry, no, I have to Google this. He's gonna to have to speed all this up. <sighs> he will, he'll do it. Um, was it one minute later? Bernstein bears. Let's see now. Bernstein bears are. Bernstein. The Bernstein bears is an animated series. Oh, it looks like. Um, Show me. Oh, fuck, I had these. These things? Yeah, yeah, I had these. Bernstein bears. Because I saw it a while ago and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I had the books. Ah, there were books. The no, 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 they were cartoon. Ah, there were books as well. There's yeah. books as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so it looks like, um, what's that author? The racist one. Dr. Zeus. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I was like, Benstein Bess. Benstein Bess. Benstein Bess. I don't know what that is. I was poor. We were all poor. Hey. Here, um, what was the toy that you wanted that you never got? Oh, God. I wanted a talk boy. I never got a talk boy. I had one. Didn't have a talk boy. Is it a greatest gift I've ever gotten in my life? And uh, I'm considering getting a tattoo I, on my body. You should totally get a talk boy, a talk boy tattoo. I always want. And remember, there was talk girl. Yeah, I wanted to talk. Oh, one of them. Um, but I used that. to record everything. There was so many things that I, I learned. My dad was having. <laughs> <laughs> 
an affair. No. <laughs> um, I don't think there was anything particular that I was like, oh, I really want that. I think I always wanted... Um, Love. Cindy had a dream house. I didn't get that either. Cindy had a dream house and I yeah. wanted Cindy's dream house, but I never got that. And then there was a Cindy that she was like a swimming Cindy. And when you put her in the water, her hair changed color. Oh, cool. I was obsessed with her, but I didn't get her. But that mm. was it. So that was it really. I didn't really want for anything else. The depression. The depression of Emma depression McCormick. Depression took me over it. Here, I read a thing today that ADHD is... I don't know how true it is. It's real. Just but you're fuck. not born with it and you develop it over like time due to trauma. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. I think because I the think. What the fuck happened to Colin's life? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> He's been on a high for two days now. He woke up uh, Sunday morning and he was like, I'm getting, I'm making a charcuterie board. And I was like, okay. And then he was just on a high. He was changing outfits. It was a new outfit every five minutes. There was a massive charcuterie board. He was listening to music. There was whiskey. He was having a great time. And then he kept, I kept, I was really tired and I kept falling asleep. And he just kept going to me. Emma? Do you believe in G? Do you believe in the G? <laughs> Shut up! And then I feel mean if I say that to him. So I'm just like, no! No, I don't believe in the G. He says it to God. Can't, he must have said it about 15 times. I, I and then he kept going to me. Get out. Bobby? What? You okay? <laughs> okay two minutes ago when you asked me did I believe in the G like so yeah he's in the high but I like when he's up here I don't like the crash is coming the crash is coming yeah crash is coming I thought the crash was here when I came in no 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 crash he's in that kimono (laughs) (laughs) um no the crash is coming I can't wait for the crash we're gonna have to listen to the crash yeah but I have crash do you wanna hear my new thing that I'm freaking out about go water I'm worried about the earth's ability to store water Okay, that's, because, that, that's fair. Like, I'm genuine, yeah, no, that's and fair. I'm now tracking, like, updates on my Google notifications for, like... What's going on with water? Water droughts. Well, we need to burn down Nestle, first and foremost. Yeah. Because they're doing a lot of fucked up shit with water. Yeah. Um, That is a valid, valid thing, and that's why I think people need to stop having kids. Uh, Slovenia? Slovenian families? Yeah, them. <laughs> uh, drought. Where is Slovenia? I don't know. That's Slovenia, Slovenia, Slovenia. So now we sound like the Americans. Shut up! <laughs> Put that out, Colin. Slovenia, uh, yeah. Slovenia. They have a drought. Um, like one of the Where else? the worst droughts in seventy years. We're fucked. Uh, France. Oh, you were saying there was cities in France. Parts of Spain are now becoming deserts. Uh, we're killing the planet. Well, we're not. They killing have twenty five percent capacity capability currently in the reservoirs in Spain. Great. Um. Well, Andalusia, Andalusia, shake Andalusia. Andalusia. Los Angeles have a massive Which is where at the most well. of the fruit for Europe is like wonderful. Produced. I'm not getting any fruit. Um, is they now have like because that's obviously use a massive amount of water. Of course, yeah. Um, they do not have enough water. Um, um, Los Angeles are having massive droughts as well. Uh, England, obviously, because of the heat waves. We're yeah. about to go into a second, second heat wave. unprecedented heat wave in the Republic of Ireland and in the UK. It's hit 30 degrees this week. Um, I, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Like, I don't blame you. There I are think... 10 current major cities on uh, the in the south of France that do not have any water production available to them. Oh and God. their water is being like trucked in out, out of state. And like no one's talking about it in the news. It's just genuine. I'm like, yeah, because a lot of the reason for that would be that a lot of the news stations are owned by billionaires who are causing this. Like I was just like, that's literally what's I happening. Spent, I don't want to freak anybody out, but like, no, I but it's not. It's a legitimate thing. It's like, I mean, you know, the guy who, um, 
what's that guy? Mark is his name Mark Martin or Mark? The guy who have you ever read or or watched The Big Short? Oh yeah, The Big Short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know the like guy who's the guy that figured it mm-hmm. out first. Yeah. He after that whole thing, he like quit, like that job. Yeah. And now he he only. Oh no. Invests in water. Yeah, he's because he's, he's smart because he knows there's it's coming. shortages. He knows it's coming. Uh, this is my thing, and I know it's a really negative thing to say. So I think people need to stop having kids. Yeah, we can't. We can't sustain. We just can't sustain. Like, and in thirty years' time, your child is going to be like, probably starving. And that, and people think that that's an ex- exaggeration. It's fucking not an exaggeration. Like, yeah, really fucked up shit has happened. And just because we live in Europe, we're not exempt from no. this. There seems to be this thing that a lot of Europeans think that they're like, you know, it's fine. We're Europe. We're first world. But it doesn't make any... The, the, the Earth's core is not looking at you going, oh, they're rich. Leave them alone. Mm. But you, it's valid. This is what you're looking up is completely valid. Completely valid. I'm like... It's like that thing like... that I went through looking at earthquakes for a while and freaking myself out. Yeah. But water is... Anyway, sorry to bring the mood down. No, but you're right. Like, water is... But like, you know when you see those dystopian movies and water is currency... Yeah, makes sense. I'm gonna start pissing a bolt. Please do. Filtering it. Filter the piss. Like today, I went Filter into a great, the piss. a great big warehouse and work, and they had massive amounts of like you know waters for yeah those like um water coolers yeah. And I was like, do you not have plumbed in points? And the guy was like, uh, not everywhere. And I was like, okay, because that's one of our sustainability like yeah things. And he was like. Why? Why are you? Why are you so interested in it? And I was like, because the amount of water you waste, waste. They're draining all the fountains. Fountains around here as well. They do it every summer, but they're draining yeah. them because it's an absolute waste of water. It's yeah. a complete waste of water. Like, yeah. there's a whole point ban ban in England at present, and then there is like so. Yeah, it's like when they ban all the, uh, you know, the people in Los Angeles from doing their gardens and lawns, and then all the rich people are just siphoning water yeah. to keep their. Lives. I hate them. Also, can I just say? Go. I'm going to say this. Hit me. I don't care about these take. people, but I want to say that Kim Kardashian and that guy she was dating was not real and completely for the cameras and 100% made up and everybody believed it. Like, that wasn't a real relationship. That was a media relationship. And How he get a media relationship? He's so dumb, this chap. Like, there's not a brain cell in his head. It's rattling around. No. He is so dumb that he's getting shit tattooed on, on his, his body. body about her. You do know you're a pawn in a game. Mm. Like someone was saying that the day that that other one, I don't know her name, announced her pregnancy, Kim broke up with him. Because now that's the new story. Why? Who's, who's pregnant? One of them is pregnant. Again, I don't know. I don't know which one. Or one of them had a baby. I don't know. And uh, she broke up with him. And I'm like, it's so funny to watch because it's like, there's a TV show. Nathan Fielder has a new TV show. And it's basically about how worlds are constructed and how uh, there's people in society whose entire lives, especially famous people, are constructed for us to see what they want us yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's entire, like, um, departments of law firms. Oh, absolutely. That, like, all they do in those departments is hide information yeah. about billionaires. Yeah. Like, billionaires that we'll never, never hear Never know about. they exist. We won't know who they are. Like, we'll never know. But he's done a new series. Uh, sorry, I just want to get the name of it because I watched the first episode and it's fucking amazing. Um, but I was when I watched the first episode, I was like, this is the Kardashians. This is the Kardashians. None of this is real. And we think for some reason people think that it's real. Uh, so 
The show is called The Rehearsal. It's Nathan Fielder's new oh, show. Watch it. Is yeah. Nathan Fielder the guy who did the, the show about the scaffolds? Nathan with you. No, that's not Nathan Fielder. That's another guy called John Wilson. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I was just watching it and I was like, oh, this is the Kardashians. Everything is curated. Beyonce is curated. Everything is curated. Like, These people's listen, lives aren't I like, real. Like, I love Beyonce. I love We love Bay. I love it. But like, if you think... These fucking lunatics on the internet who are like, Beyonce is like a fucking religion. Like, Beyonce is only... Her media team are just showing you... Yeah, what, you, what they want you to what see. What they want you to see. Yeah. You know nothing about that person. Yeah. Like... It's just... It's completely amazing. Completely curated. Completely. Their entire lives are curated in a way and then it's weird because then you have all these people who worship them and want to be like them I'm like yeah, but you these don't know people them. aren't real no. this is not real no. you have seen an image of this person um, this isn't none of this is real but yeah it's just bizarre if you wa- watch the rehearsal by Nathan Fielder it's very disconcerting and you feel kind of like oh but it's very very good move out the way watch it uh, I have no housekeeping housekeeping yeah. We have no housekeeping because we're recording one episode after we're the other. We're recording two episodes at the same time. Uh, I'm sorry if I bunged it out about the water. But no, we need to talk about it. It's like We need genuinely. to talk about it. Um, what we got from that is hoard water. It's going to be water world, but without the water. It's going to yes, be Mad Max. Mad Max. That's what it's going to be. Um, do you want to tell people about your doctor visit or no? Yeah. Do you? Are oh, you yeah, sure? I don't mind. You don't have so, to. No, no. So I went and got my smear test. It's very important. Everybody should go get their get smear. Get your smear. Get your smear. Now, the pretense to this story is, I the day I was in my car accident last year, I was on the way to get my smear. Oh, yeah. That's where I was on the way to go I to. remember that. I was like, me and me, me, I'm going to get my smear. Bang. And then this fucking Egypt drove into the wrong side of the road into me. And my only concern was calling the doctor to be like, I'm not going to make the appointment. <laughs> um, so, like a terrible person that I am, I haven't rescheduled until now yeah right so that's like life gets in the way bro bad Um also my previous smear I can't remember when I had it really I think it might have been just before Lily before Lily pops okay I think yeah because when you're pregnant right they're at your vag all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. you're like what's the point no yeah, uh, yeah. but that doesn't excuse the like seven years after that listen we all make we all do things like this um, normal. so I have been so during my pregnancy I bled like constantly and I think I had I had a ridiculous amount of emergency visits to the rotunda yeah. in the like 10 to 15 um, and just before I gave birth to Lily I bled and the rotunda told me not to come in that the next day was like my final appointment and when I got in there the nurse like gave out to me as if like I knew what I was fucking doing well, even though it was the first time first baby, like. first baby and also I rang your hospital and they told me not to come here um, and she made she immediately took me in did a urine sample there was blood in my urine like and then put me in with a doctor that specialised in delivering twins he I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before he was as rude as anything he said nothing to me or Graham at all said no no words to me asked like I got up on a bed he put his entire hand inside of my vagina without giving me any warning and then did what we call a sweep he then took his hand out which was covered in blood oh Jesus um Graham looked Graham was still holding my coat poor Graham the door to the room that I was still in open. was still open um he took the glove off put it in the bin walked out of the room and rang somebody came back in uh asked me to stay where I was and then a nurse came in with a wheelchair 
Jesus Christ. And said, hey, can you get on this? And then they wheeled me to admissions. With no information. No. I thought I was losing my of baby. Of course, yeah. Of course you did. Of course you would. Um, I got admitted into a ward. I bled <laughs> continuously for five days. And the only thing I got told was that I was bleeding from my cervix. Um, five days later, they induced me. I had Lily. And the labour went, like, perfectly fine. Immediately after Lily, I went to, like, my doctor as a normal do- for follow-up. But I got pneumonia and I got quite sick. And back and forth in the doctor... <laughs> Um, and then they immediately because they were like obviously after you have a baby you're really fertile so they were like do you want to have any other kids I was like no they put me on the pill and the pill just I don't know if you remember this time but like I just bled constantly I remember that yeah so for like two and a half years I bled constantly on the pill and then I just was like I'm not doing this anymore so I came off it Um, at no point did the rotunda at offer me aftercare tell me I need to come back for a checkup I also was diabetic while I was pregnant and no one checked me for diabetes afterwards um, which Christ. is the standard you're supposed to go back and be yeah, checked to see if you've continued on with that like um, I have PCOS which means that I'm insulin resistant blah 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 I went to the doctor on not I went on to the doctor on Friday yep. but the week before that I went to the doctor because I've been um, we spoke about it on the podcast where I've been bleeding um, I so the doctor was like you should do your smear uh, I got up on the table on Friday and they the doctor put the what's it called the speculum mm-hmm. in and before the speculum even got up to my cervix I started to bleed and I mean I started to piss blood Jesus um, she then did like the smear and there was just like so much blood she took like one look at my cervix and was like there is no way you do not have HPV she was like your cervix has deteriorated it is so weak oh god um, and I like piss blood I'm still bleeding now but I piss blood continue- yeah but I piss blood heavily continuously for like three and a half days I know you did yeah and she was like I pump- she was like I'm not a bad woman but I put money on it that you have HPV and I put money on it that you've had it for like she was like Cause, right so like HPV the average woman their body like gets rid get- gets rid of it after we 18 fight it. months yeah we fight it our immune system so your immune system it. is capable of like getting rid of it and like that's generally what happens um but for the amount I had clearly because I bled all through my pregnancy from my cervix you had it then I had it then but nobody was like when I tell you the voice no Emma got (laughs) very angry I was like these these institutions in this country and around the world the only thing they cared about was me giving birth to a baby you're a breeder Sarah that's all you were they didn't care about my health they didn't care about my well-being they didn't care about my welfare they didn't care about my aftercare at no point was I invited back to the restaurant like it's also my first baby so I'm my only baby I'm not planning on having any more so it's not like it's it's not like you knew what the fuck you were meant to do I had no idea what I was supposed to do um like I was so angry like so so angry so my point in telling everybody this is one go get your smear yeah if you live in Ireland and you're lucky enough, they're free. Mm-hmm. And they've changed the way they collect the data now and and, and actually test. Because they've had to. Because they've had to. Because they fucked the up so badly. Died. Um, the doctor was also really concerned because my very, my smear before I had Lily had a regular cell. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, that's really concerning. Right. She was like, because what they used to do is just check for irregular cells. Mm-hmm. And then after they checked for the irregular cells, they would then search for the HPV. Yeah. She was like, but obviously 80% of the, so the test shows up with 80% of irregular cells are actually false positives. 
Okay. So now the test is actually they test for HPV first. Okay. Because they're like pretty much like 99.9% accurate with a false, with a true, true. like positive. positive or negative. And then they test for irregular cells. Oh, okay. I get so that's So she was like, one of the big reasons why the scandal happened and why people didn't is that they got false negatives. For irregular cells, but they actually had irregular cells and had HPV, which then turned into ovarian or like cervical cancer. cervical cancer. I don't know if anybody knows, if you're not from Ireland, there was a scandal in this country a couple of years ago where yeah. they were outsourcing our testing to the United States. I Canada. Believe. Canada. And the testing wasn't being done properly. Yeah. Women were being told their smears were clear and they died of cervical or ovarian cancer yeah. because they did have cancer and they didn't know. Yeah. So, as Sarah said, do... Get your smear. Um, it's scary and it's horrible, but I'm glad you're getting going to get looked after. That's the most important. Yeah, thing. and if like if you don't like your doctor, like your your smear is one free. You can go to whatever doctor you go want. to you whatever to doctor go. you want. But like I would just say that our doctors, the best. I love them so much. They're like I just want to put them in my beautiful book. people. They are so kind. They're um, so gentle. They're so. I'm not going to like give out their information because I don't think that's fair. But if anybody does want a recommendation, they can. Ask like us. Instagram us because she's the, the female doctor in the surgery and the male doctor is her husband just so nice I never feel uncomfortable going no, to the doctor no even when I was getting my smear and like beforehand she was like I like at, I've been to doctors and she was like what happened beforehand and I was like they weren't doctors like you no they just they bobbed you care. off yeah um, and she was like right I'm gonna go through every before she even like did my smear went through everything she's like, I'm gonna go through everything that potentially is gonna happen mm-hmm. and serious. she was like so that when you get your letter and you get your results no matter what it is you know what the next what step next is it's like cause, because I think about Ireland especially is I know we've come a long way but female reproductive health is still very hush hush in this country and it's mm. not talked about properly yeah. women are ignored their pain is ignored Um, the fact that so many women have um, what you call it a uh, What's that thing? Endometriosis. Endometriosis. They're not getting proper care for it. There's no cure for it. It's not being studied because it's a female disease. Um, so, you know, it's it's shocking. It's fucking horrible because I'm telling you something for none of men had this shit. This shit would have been cured 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad you're okay and you're getting tested and you're getting sorted. That's the most important thing. Like, Yeah, so I get my results in six weeks, but she was like, there's no she doesn't think there's any question about it that it'll come back positive so then I get referred to like another clinic which she said the name of um, and then we'll see from there we'll see from there you're going to be fine everything's going to be a-okay but you know I was so worried about you then because I I know I was being annoying because I was like hey I was really like hey okay and then their fucking her back windscreen of her car got smashed (laughs) in then so then the whole fucking shit shit parade and then Graham broke his ankle so it was just a garbage week because I find with you Sarah you don't have when something happens it just is not one thing happens yeah there's like a succession of bullshit that comes with it yeah so when Graham hurt his ankle I was like what's coming next here Um, I had like the maddest dreams last night what were you doing about? I was on Love Honey looking at lingerie when I tell you they're sending me five million things and I wasn't even looking at sexy lingerie they're like hey sexy lady uh, wanna make your man come in his pants also I seen a really fucking stupid TikTok today of this guy being like if you masturbate it makes your kidneys overreact and that's why you put on weight and then this girl what? this girl he was inter- like who was interviewing him like this woman yeah. just came on and it was like a close up like image of her going well I'm tin <laughs> like, like what the fuck is wrong with everybody and I just I literally I don't normally comment on TikTok and I just left a comment being like fuck <laughs> off yeah I never comment on TikToks no that's a lie I always send nice comments to girls when they 
when they're doing their outfits of the day. I'm like, stunning, beautiful, Aww. that dress is amazing. I love an outfit today. Enjoy diabetes. <laughs> on, on my other account. Enjoy diabetes. <laughs> You'll be dead in two years. You're going to lose your foot. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck, hop along. Yeah. Send. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Roll I don't do four. that. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, so I will do my story. I don't think I'm Attention do feminists. Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. Okay, my story this week is uh, the story of Lorena Bobbitt. I got my references are from an article by Amy Chozak in the New York Times, an article by Lily Onalak in the in Vanity Fair, which is a very famous article. I got information from Rolling Stone from Refinery29. I got, uh, there's an article by Marissa M. Cascino in the Washingtonian, which is a breakdown of the entire case that happened, which is amazing. Uh, Oxygen.com, NBCnews.com and some information from Wikipedia as well. So I'll put all my references. If you want to read the Vanity Fair article and the New York Times article, they're very uh, concise and there's loads of information in there. That's funny. My story last week was a New York Times article. New York Times, baby! Oh, hey. well, last week, yeah. What did I say? You know, that's what I mean because we did do two episodes and I'm like, oh, you're, uh, you're so professional. Yeah. You're so professional. Did I say last week? Yeah, you're uh, so professional. I'm good, I'm good. I would have said my story today. Like, that's what I would have said. But no. you... I'm on it. Up here for taking... That's why I get paid down the- all of the big books. <laughs> all of the huge books. Yeah, that's why I get Buckaroos. paid. Uh, one euro more than you. <laughs> um, so I shall start. Also, mentions, uh, trigger warnings for mentions of... Male appendage is being cut off. Yeah, basically. Uh, Sexual violence, physical violence, emotional violence, um, and men being... Coercive control? Kind of. Men being tits as well, so basically. Men being tits? Men being tits. Men being just the normal men? Just being men, in general. So... If anybody wants to shoot Andrew Tate, I'll actually pay to do Why is he a thing? Why is he a thing? If anybody would like to end Andrew Tate's life... Honest to fuck. Piece of human excrement with a mouth and if you want to have a good time go and uh, look at Andrew Tate on TikTok where people are taking videos of him walking it's the funniest thing and jumping there's pills there's images of him jumping into pills yeah and he like points his toes <laughs> and they're like yeah what a, what a masculine man have you heard man. the stories of the reason that he's living in Romania is because he was done for sex trafficking yes and he, uh, like I'm a, is that true ha- that's absolutely true and in Romania he has you know those like live chat rooms yeah he has like you know the old back in the day and when uh, general like how live chat rooms started like what you mean so live chat rooms the way they're still done the same way I assume but the way they first started on the internet was there was like a guy in like California who set up like web rooms and just like in this office block had like fake rooms with like women in it and then men would go on to the so he would all of the money went to hit like and then the women get paid by the hour yeah so it's not like I suppose like sex work now it's sex trafficking in a way yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Tay has one of those in Romania. What? And these women are trafficked. Did you see there was a guy actually done for like trafficking 
very recent. I saw that on RTE the other yeah. day, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't read the article, um, but I saw it. Um, also, shout out to the two lads that tried to fly, what was it, two million euro worth of cocaine into Longford yeah. the other day? My mother said, they're not from Longford. I said, Kathleen, do you know that for a fact? Longford's a shit. She's probably right, but. Anyway. No one from Longford knows how to fly a plane. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and I said I was laughing because someone sent it to me at work and I sent it to my family in the group chat and Becky was like Emma the amount of people in work that have sent me this fucking screenshot <laughs> she was like he was there like do you know them we don't know them maybe we do I don't know anyway we'll get on to Lorena Lorena and John Wayne Lorena Bosch. or Lorita Lorena oh, I thought it was Lorita not Lorena so June 23rd 1993 somewhere between 3.30 and 4.30am a petite brunette Oh. Drove her 1991 Mercury Capri through Manassas, Virginia. So it's Virginia and Washington, not like Virginia, Virginia. At the intersection of Maplewood Drive and Old Centerville Road, 34-year-old Lorena Bobbitt flung what she was holding in her hand into a field opposite a 7-Eleven and kept driving. She's dead right. Minutes later, police officers arrived at the field. Flashlights cutting through the grass to search for something that had caused complete disbelief as well as much nervous laughter amongst the officers. One officer had taken a big bite hot dog box filled with ice from the nearby 7-Eleven and when another called out, I found it, they placed the severed penis of 36-year-old John Wayne Bobbitt inside it. That fateful night in June would lead to one of the most publicised and talked about cases in US and world history. Amidst the jokes and sketches on television about severed penises, amidst the sexualisation and vilification of Lorena Bobbitt, there would lie a story of alleged sexual assault and domestic abuse and two people thrust into the limelight, neither of whom truly knew how to deal with it. So Lorena Gallo was born in Bucá, Ecuador on October 31st, 1970 and spent most of her childhood dreaming of moving to the United States. So she was born, we don't know much about her dad, but her mum was her mum's name's Alvia, and she had two siblings, and she was the oldest sibling. So, okay. she saw the America the America portrayed in movies and television, and imagined a life of wealth and comfort for herself amongst those people. So, in nineteen eighty seven, at just seventeen years old, Lorena realized her dream when she moved to the states on a student visa. She began working in a nail salon owned by a lady called Jana Bisuti. Great she, name. Yeah. She enrolled in Northern Virginia Communi- Community College and began working part-time in the nail salon owned by Jan. So Lorena needed the money, but the salon, salon also helped improve her English. She didn't really speak English. Oh, okay. So she kind of thought, well, I'll work with people and that'll help me, you know. So on a night out at a dance hall beside the Quantico Navy base, 19-year-old Lorena Gallo would meet 21-year-old Lance Corporal John Wayne Bobbitt. John was a Marine from New York and Lorena envisioned the future she had always wanted in him. They were both instantly attracted to each other. Lorena said, I thought John was very handsome. Blue eyes, a man in uniform, you know. He was almost like a symbol, a Marine fighting for the country. I believed in this beautiful country. I was swept off my feet. I wanted my American dream. John called Lorena pretty and innocent, which I find when men call women innocent, it creeps the fuck out of me. He said, quote, um, she was real, Usually real Usually if sweet. I say innocent, it means they're stupid. Stupid. When he's like, the women are like, she's really innocent. You're a fucking creep. Why are you trying to date a kid? Mm. So after dating for a brief nine months, the two married on June 18th, 1989. 
So Lorena said, I went straight from high school to marriage and I never dated in between. I was naive about many things. Like she was so young. She was 19. Like high school to high marriage. High school to marriage. Like nothing in between. Hadn't I mean, really Graham. dated anybody. Didn't really know what. Oh no, I talked a lot. Before, <laughs> what like love was or what you were meant to do in a marriage. So the cracks in their marriage um, would begin to show almost immediately. Lorena said that John became violent, violent towards her. Girls who had worked in the salon told stories of Lorena pulling up her sleeves and they would see bruises littering her wrists and arms. Regina Keegan, a colleague in the salon, had seen the bruises herself and when she asked Lorena what had happened, Lorena told her that John had done it. He'd, he had thre- even threatened to throw her over the balcony of their apartment. Oh, okay. Sounds like a great guy. So Regina urged Lorena to leave John. She said, quote, to me, she appeared terrified all the time. Oh. But the, uh, Regina also said when they said to her, you need to leave him, Lorena would become really agitated because she was very Catholic. And it was like, I meant to stay with my man through thick and thin. I do. I keep my husband happy. That was like what she was taught. And she didn't understand that what was happening to her was abuse. Brainwashed. You know, exactly. So the salon became a safe haven for Lorena. When John was being cruel or violent, she would drive her car to the salon, sleep there at night, or sometimes just sleep in the car outside the building. Lorena also said that working at the salon and speaking to the women who came in who had been in abusive relationships made her realise what was happening to her. Quote, that's when I realised what happened to me could have happened to any woman in a desperate situation. The violence had also turned sexual, with John forcing Lorena to have anal sex as well as raping her what regularly. What the fuck? This is what Lorena alleged. When he did not get his way, he would threaten Lorena with deportation. So you had to be married to someone for four years before you could claim your own visa, become a neutralized citizen. But every time she would say no to him, they hadn't been married four years yet. And he'd be like, if you don't do it, I'm going to get you deported. Yeah. Now, this is what she alleged. This is what she said. So John denied every accusation Lorena made. He was like, I didn't do any of that. Insinuating that Lorena had a particular lifestyle she wanted. And when he couldn't give her this, she would like, she would accuse him of abuse. She would say like, he'd be like, I can't do that. And she'd be like, well, well, you're abusing me. Do you have any witnesses that corroborate your story? But she did. So he said, quote, we fought me and Lorena. Yeah, but it was not, it was not to where it was battery. Lorena was a good wife a lot of the time. What's his definition of battery? Fucking idiot. But she was obsessed with having her American dream. Her American dream, her American dream. She said it all the time. Janibus City had a big house, a cabin cruiser, a Mercedes. Lorena wanted those things. She just wanted too much, too fast. So despite everything, the two remained married. And in 1991, John was discharged from the Marines. Lorena became the main earner of the household as John struggled to get, struggled to gain and maintain employment. Why was he discharged? It was honourable discharge, so they don't say. So I don't think he did anything wrong. Maybe he just got like an injury or something and he couldn't be in there anymore. Yeah. Lorena said that she felt she had to stay in the marriage, quote. He was very strong and I was between 93 and 95 pounds then. I basically surrendered myself. Like, okay, as a survival instinct, I wanted to just surrender my mind, my body to get it over with. As a Catholic, I didn't believe in divorce. I really believed that when he said sorry, he meant it. Which is an absolute story of any woman that's in an abusive relationship. Like, Mm. they do a horrible thing. They're so sorry. And you're like, okay, I believe you. And then they do it again. So John's unemployment caused even more issues and the fighting became more frequent and intense. Calls were made to 911 by both John and Lorena and police made domestic disturbance calls to their property on various occasions. So things took a much worse turn 
when Lorena was caught embezzling $7,200 from her boss, Janaba City. Oh. Lorena told police she had taken the money as her house was going into foreclosure and she was trying to make mortgage payments. Jana, who was not only Lorena's boss, but a very close friend, decided not to press charges as she realised Lorena would have to serve jail time and this would mean she would not get her money back immediately. Instead, Jana allowed Lorena to keep working in the salon and would take 60% of Lorena's commission to pay back the money she had stolen. Okay. Lorena agreed and the amount was paid back in full within the year. Which is fine, but also you kind of go on to realise that maybe this woman had a little bit of a hold over her after this, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. I'll explain that later anyway. So Jana remained a close friend to Lorena and even became... Even though she stole from her. Yeah. And even became the first person Lorena turned to on that fateful night in June. When the couple's house did eventually go into foreclosure, the two decided to separate. However, this did not last long and they reunited a few months later. Shouldn't have been anywhere near each other. No. The fighting continued and both Lorena and John decided it would be better in the end to separate completely. So while they were separating, they were still living in the same house, which just happens a lot. Yeah, financially, you know, financially people you can't get afford stuck. it. So this is where this all kicks off. So the night of June 23rd, John and his friend Robert Johnston went out drinking. What an the unfortunate in- name to give in the story. <laughs> Rob D. <Dick. laughs> um, for the night, they went out and got absolutely fucking twisted drunk, like a full night drinking. Because obviously they were separating and he was like, oh, I'm really drunk. Lorena had been asleep in bed when John returned at 3 a.m. He was heavily intoxicated. And when he got into bed beside Lorena, she told him to go to sleep. Instead, Lorena alleged John had raped her and then fallen asleep. I said, I don't want to have sex. And he wouldn't listen to me. He wouldn't let me go. So Lorena was terrified, hurt and enraged. She walked downstairs to get a glass of water and compose herself. She saw a knife on the sideboard and picked it up. She walked the stairs to her bedroom where the man who was supposed to love and protect her had raped her. He slept soundly. Lorena stood at the side of his bed, pulled the blanket as well as his underwear down. In parentheses I wrote, John would later tell the court he presumed his wife was going for quote, round two. So he thought she was, she was pulling down his pants to have sex with him again. Oh my God. Or to be raped, which is what happened to her. Instead, Lorena lifted the knife and sliced his penis off. Lorena held the penis in her hand and then ran out of the house, got into her car and started driving. Like, I can't picture this. I can't picture it. I know I'm doing the motion of holding a dick, but like, I can't. <laughs> I just can't picture, like... I can't picture the, she like, just the motion of, of dick, like, and there must have just been blood everywhere. everywhere. And his friend was downstairs sleeping on the fucking sofa when well, this is happening. You know that movie I spit in your grave? Yes. There's a scene in that where she chops off a guy's she penis. The dick, yeah. And like I like obviously it's a movie, right? But like there is so much blood. Yeah, so much blood because that's like where all the blood goes. Well, it's like. an arter- artery. So uh, how many arteries do you have in your body? How many? 7,000 million. No, it's not that many. It is that many. It's less than 30. Don't you fucking fact check. One side is uh, even and the other side is uneven. Here, do you feel more pain on one side of your body than the other? Yeah, that's really normal. I'm my left side. Mine is my left side. Yeah, my left side. But I had a stroke. I'm getting tattooed. So on my right side side of my face, I can't feel anything. Um, When I get tattooed, her hurts more than when I get tattooed. her. Hence why this arm is... My thing is just when I pluck hair from my chin. And whenever I pluck hair from your chin, I can see how deep it is. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We're segueing. Back sorry. to the story. ADHD. ADHD, Moment. baby. I got this from trauma. <laughs> um, 
So, so she's, she's running through she's the house with a dick. dick in her hand. And then she's, this is what she said. She said, I remember going to the car and I see that in one hand was the knife and the other hand was his organ, his penis. I tossed it and it went somewhere while I was driving. In my mind, I was going to work. I was going to go and do nails. That's how crazy or insane the whole situation was. So she clearly went into shock. John woke immediately to the excruciating pain. So he was kind of like, oh, I'm getting a hand job after raping my wife. And then she was like, not anymore, motherfucker. I know. I, I just, so he said, obviously you're in pain straight right away. You wake up instantaneously. I was confused. I didn't know where I was. I was trying to gather myself, put my pants on and apply pressure. So Robert, his friend who he was drinking with, who was asleep on the sofa da- downstairs, drove him to Prince William Hospital. Which is hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Robert Johnson. Yeah. Prince, Willi- Prince William, William Hospital. Hospital. And his dick was cut off. And he had no penis. He had no penis. So Lorena drove straight to Janipa City, her, her manager, oh. after tossing John's penis out the window. Uh, this is what Jana said. She said, my husband said Lorena's here. I said, oh my God, what has John done to her? So clearly they knew, obviously, that she was being abused. Basidi told a news station, I walked down the stairs and she's huddled in the corner of my living room, screaming and crying in a fetal position. And she said, I cut John. I tried to calm her down and she's crying. And then she said, I cut his penis off. I said, you did what? I said, well, I think we better call 911. Jana called the police to explain what happened and Lorena gave the exact area she disposed of John's pee-pee. I said pee-pee, I don't care. Okay. I'm sick of saying penis. Okay. Penis. The police arrived Pain to Jan- The police arrived to Jana's house to speak to Lorena. When they asked Lorena as to why she had done what she had done, she told them that John had raped her. She also said, quote, he have orgasm and not wait for me. Okay, that's not right. Listen to this. Lorena stated that although though she did give the statement, she was confused as her English was not excellent. She said, you know, I might have said things I didn't mean to say. Again, I was still learning English and I tried to connect the words together. And, you know, it was just a mess. I was trying to explain myself that there is no good when a man and a woman have non-consensual sex. So she was trying to say he's having an orgasm and I'm not having one because he's raping me. Uh... But in her head, it came out... Okay. That way. There was no... I suppose that makes sense, right? Also, the police did not get her a translator. Rule number one. Okay. If someone's in English is not their first language, you get them a translator. Did you write test? Uh, they did a rape kit, yeah. There was no translator at all, and that's a very important point. Now that I look back at these things, I'm like, oh my God, a translator would have been nice. Because this girl didn't speak much English. She was still learning. Lorena was arrested and charged with malicious wounding. Oh, okay. She was then brought to a hospital for a rape kit, kit to be carried out. So Carlos Sanchez, who was the first reporter to speak to Lorena on the morning of the incident. So she didn't have a lawyer and she was just talking to everybody that would listen to her, said he truly believed she had been raped. He said she'd she'd been through hell. You could tell she almost appeared to be in a state of shock. Her response to my questions were he raped me. He raped me. I always felt that it was a very sincere response. She said it from the get-go, very convincingly. Others believe she had kind of staged it and made that up. Oh, so John had arrived at Prince William Hospital, having lost one third of his blood. Oh, the doctors and entire staff were in complete shock at what they saw. And when they contacted the police to advise of what had happened, the police informed them they already knew and were searching for the hidden Mickey. (laughs) The last dick joke on Mick. Hidden Mickey. The doctors told them to put it on ice and bring it to the hospital immediately. 
John's surgery is performed by urologist Jim Sen and plastic surgeon David Berman and it took nine and a half painstaking hours to reattach John's penis. Wow. The Isn't that mad that they could do it? They could do it. The surgery was a success. Can you still piss through? Yeah, you can do everything. They fucking were, had their microscopes in. Of course, if it was a woman, they'd be like, you're grand. You're grand, get away. Yeah. Three days after, sorry, John said, quote, three days after the surgery, I was fully sewn together. I woke up and was like, wow, it's working, kind of. I called the hotel where my mom and dad were. My mom answered and I said, mom, I got an erection. She didn't like that very much. This guy's an idiot. Idiot. Dr. Parrish, who had looked after John when he first arrived, said that John had already tried to hit on various nurses on the ward that he was on. So he was already trying to be like, you want to see my mangled dick? Even though he, like, sorry. It wasn't working, love. It's mangled. Fucking dope. I don't want to see a regular penis. Yeah. I would like to see that one. I... Like, not for any other reason than to be like, yeah, can you show me what your mangled penis looks like? Did you Google yeah, it? Of course Google it. I, I bet you if you message him, he'll show you. Oh, he would. Wait till, you, wait till you hear what this man is doing. I can't wait to tell you what this man is currently doing. Oh, okay. Because you're going to love it. So as Lorena sat in a jail cell, aw- cell awaiting her fate, John was arrested for marital sexual assault, but not rape. So this is from the Washington Post. At the, this time in Virginia, a spouse could be charged with rape only if the couple was living apart or the victim was seriously injured. So can it be charged with rape, but marital sexual assault? Same thing. Different name. Yeah. The press got a hold of the story and ran with it. Yeah. The Bobbits became an overnight sensation with newspapers blasting Lorena's face all over the front pages. Late night hosts used her name in opening monologues for weeks. Even SNL sketches were done about the Bobbits. T-shirts were being sold with the Love Hurts written on them. And there was a TV, made for TV musical as well as a weird Al Yankovic parody track. Like this was, and this was just before OJ. So the only reason that this disappeared off People's radars because OJ happened. So lost in the media's mess was Lorena's pain, fear and suffering. John's trial began in November in 1983 and amid, amid the media furore, both he and Lorena had acquired agents. So of course what? this is America. So people were like, you got to get a talent agent because they're going to want to make. People weren't looking at this like uh, someone's dick got cut off and a woman is saying that she was raped and has been abused for years. They weren't looking at that. They were going, how much money this can we make off these two people? Their lives are ruined. How much money can we make off this? So Lorena's manager. Lorena got a manager, right? She yeah. got a manager. And then Jana also began acting as her de facto manager and a publicist. Sorry? Yeah, it gets weird. Yeah. Jana began getting heavenly evolved, involved in Lorena's trial, even dressing Lorena in her own clothes. A client at the nail salon said that when she heard Jana discussing this, quote, when I went to the courthouse, the salon manager owner said, well, everything she's wearing, I got her and she's lucky to have a friend like me. And if they want an interview, they're going to have to go through me. So she became like her agent heavily involved in this, but not in a supportive way. No, in more of a I I want to get paid way. And then Lorena was like, it got weird. And I just kind of stopped talking to her because it got very, very weird. So, excuse me. Jana also began trying to make deals with networks for Lorena's life story. What? These deals would make Jana a lot of money if picked up. Quote, she wanted me to sign a contract, which I did, not knowing that I was signing away 15% to her. Now, if you chopped off Colin's <coughs> penis. Colin's penis. Or Flavio's. I have to find a first one. <laughs> um, 
I would um, absolutely drop contract. Yeah. 25%. Mm-hmm. Her life story. Her life say. story. <clears throat> Her life story. So, on November 8th, John's trial began. His lawyers argued that Lorena was just a woman scorned. They were like, she's just making a big deal out of nothing. This hysteria, you see? These women. These women and their hysteria. They're crazy. She was afraid her husband was going to leave her. Lobotomize her. (laughs) So they said she was afraid her husband was going to leave her, so she took away his manhood. They already had been separated. John said, quote, I was leaving her for good. It was what my mom said. This guy's a dickhead. Mm. If she couldn't have me, no one could. Fuck off! (laughs) And then there was the green card too. That didn't come to my mind at the time, even though he threatened her constantly about it. Um, But it's obvious. You have to be married to an American citizen for five years to get one, and we'd only been married for four. So what, she tried to kill you? That doesn't make any sense, sir. No. She wanted a green card, wouldn't she put up and shut up? Yeah. You fucking gosh. By the way... Also, why does he know that? Oh, by the way, the way these two people react and act after their trials... It's very telling okay. of the type of people that they are. So John vehemently denied raping Lorena, although he did admit that there had been tensions between them, maybe sometimes even violence, but that they were both involved and John was not the bad guy America wanted him to be. What did her rape kit show? It was inconclusive. Hmm. So John gave various ver- versions of what happened that night, relating at various times to police and to the quote that the court, that quote, they had not had sex that Lorena had tried to initiate sex, but he had been too tired. And then he said that they had sex, but he slept through it. And then that he said that the sex had been consensual. So three different stories during the trial. He kept changing. I'd say his lawyers were like, Mm. shut the fuck up. Stop talking. Lorena testified against John, saying she found it odd as they were still married. Because they were still married. As she walked to the courtroom, hundreds of photographers took her picture. Journalists shouted at her for a quote. Lorena had become an unwishing celebrity and she hated it. Now there are pictures of her with Jana and you can tell Jana's trying to be like, come on. Oh, okay. And there's like people giving her teddy bears and stuff. It's bizarre. <clears throat> so, um, Lorena told the court through tears of the abuse she had suffered at the hands of John and how she had just snapped. Some of the court and called... Then... She snapped. Some of the court called her tears crocodile tears. Oh, okay. But others believed... Um, that she, others saying she did not come across as a believable witness, which I think she does. So Carla Sanchez of the Washington Post said, Lorena, I think, wanted to convey the sense of being a real victim. And sometimes it seemed as though there were crocodiles here coming out of her while she was still on the stand. When John took the stand, my impression was one, that he was very arrogant and two, that he wasn't the smartest person I'd ever seen testify. Okay. Although John told the court that Lorena was lying, he did feel sympathy for her during the testimony. He said, I was sad that she had to go through all that. She was still my wife. Shut up! Yeah. Are you not trying to win, you dumb fuck? Shut up! So the charge itself was difficult to prove as it became a he said, she said situation. Lorena's rape kit was inconclusive and the court was told that after cutting off John's penis, Lorena had enough wherewithal to steal $100 from his wallet... And his Game Boy, presumably, to sell. What? Yeah, so she cut off his dick, ran downstairs, took $100 from his wallet and his Game Boy. But I said, when I read that, I was like, that 
shock. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Why would she take a Game Boy? Like, people are like, oh, to sell it. For what? She cut off his dick. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Did she already had his dick? What else could she possibly need? People are like, oh, yeah, she was tra- she was ste- she's stealing from him. A hundred dollars. What's that going to get her? Sir. Like, that's not really stealing. No. Like- she pant Like, that is literal shock. Like, if you have anything ever happened to you and you don't know what you're doing. I know. When I was in that car accident. Yeah. You I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't. Like, I know that that name of our old station road, I drive it every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell. Remember the name. I couldn't tell Graham yeah. where I was. Yeah. And I was like, I've been in an accident. And he was like, what kind of an accident? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, an accident. And he was like, how about... And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, he was you... like, where are you? And I was like, near the Chinese. And he was like, what Chinese? Near the one on the river. Sarah, where are you? you I was like, I can't. Cut I can't. Because I can't. that's what shock does to you. Yeah. It shuts down that ability to actually make con- conscious decisions. Like, So when people were like, she stole from him. I was like, fuck off. No, she didn't. Um, I know that. I just, I believe her. I fully believe her. Should she cut his dick off? Probably no. not. But I fully believe her. Um, blah, 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 blah. So, okay. On November 11th, 1993, a jury of nine women and three men found John Wayne Bobbitt not guilty of marital sexual assault. Which I found very good. Of the verdict, Lorena said, I was staying at Jana's house and she just called me and said, not guilty and hung up. I was like, what? What is going to happen to me now? So if John's trial was a media sensation, Lorena's was off the charts. Her trial, which began on January 10th, 1994, was broadcast non-stop on CNN. Every single second of this trial was on CNN. The media, so weird. Yeah, as well as the public, were, ser- were perched outside the court 24-7 with vendors selling phallic-shaped cookies, t-shirts emblazoned with Lorena's face and playbills of the trial. Like, they made, this was a spectacle. It's insane. This woman's life was being ruined. This man's dick was hanging off and these people were like, you want a t-shirt? Like... Yeah, I do. I would yeah, actually... I would actually totally if the, if want If anybody can see the money available. If anybody has one. Um, so the 1990s were a time of massive gender wars in the United States. Thelma and Louise, a movie about a thwarted rape, was the movie of the decade. Riot Girl was making waves, especially in Washington, as well as feminism becoming a staple in music, movies and literature. Now, to say that doesn't mean it was actually happening. It was just... There was more of it mm. than people were used to. The journalist Alison Yarrow wrote, Lorena Bobbitt was part of a group of women, everyone from Hillary Clinton and Monica Lewinsky to Tonya Harding, who were shamed in the 1990s. Women who were what I call bitchified, undermined, objectified and thwarted by a sexist media narrative. The abuse of Lorena Bobbitt was ignored in favour of a narrative that celebrated male sexuality and shamed her for being a vengeful perpetrator instead of shining a light on domestic violence and abuse. Yeah. Camille Paglia, the American feminist and academic and social critic, declared Lorena's exploit a, quote, revolutionary act. From Vanity Fair, feminists supporting Lorena flashed the V for victory sign, then turned it on its side so it became a pair of scissors. Snip, snip. (laughs) Men pitied John and women believed that something truly awful must have happened to Lorena to drive her to such violence. So men were like, oh, the poor guy, and women were like, he did something. He must have done yeah, something. Yeah, people were like, <laughs> that's the exact reaction. People, women were like, he did something. Like, it's, and men were like, obviously the poor guy. Because the minute they hear that, the first thing I think is, oh, you know. So Phyllis D. Barkhurst, the co-director of the Center for the Prevention of Abuse and Neglect in Oregon, said that the jokes surrounding the case were removing the plight of victims of abuse. She said, what drove somebody to that level of desperation? That was a woman who was determined never to be raped again. Yeah. So whilst waiting for Lorena's trial to begin, John disappeared from the prying eyes of the world and the media and spent time on a friend's ranch. 
However, this was short-lived. George Murphy, who was John's defence lawyer, got a call from John. John told him he had an idea he wanted to run by George. So George said, quote, I said, I hear uh, you may be thinking of going off the ranch. And if you do, People magazine or somebody's going to find you. I said, what were you thinking of doing? He said, well, I was thinking of going into Hooters. I swear to God, he says, because they're having a John Wayne Bobbitt lookalike contest and I think I can win it. So this, girl, this is where this man's mind was at. Lorena's trial began and this time she hit a new trial lawyer, Blair Howard. So feminists and advocates for domestic abuse victims realised the importance of Lorena's trial as not many people were talking about domestic violence at that time and how it was essentially the silent killer of women. Lorena's legal team put forward a case of temporary insanity defence called irresistible impulse. Oh, I have that. So this is what irresistible impulse is. It's defined as an overpowering impulse produced by mental disease or defect that leads to the commission of a criminal act, in parentheses, as murder. Um, her term, so basically they said that that's what it was, that's what happened to her, and then their goal was to pre- prove that Lorena had a major medical disorder. So they were like, this temporary insanity caused this thing, and that's why she did that thing. Okay. So a psychiatrist who evaluated Lorena stated that she was suffering from PTSD, which she was, mm. and was, quote, reliving all other trauma and assaults that occurred because she had been just forcefully assaulted. She went in and saw the knife, and all she could think was, I've got to eliminate the problem. Lorena spoke at her trial. She spoke of her fear of her husband, how the violence, both physical, emotional and sexual, had begun early into their marriage and if she felt like she had no escape. She also spoke of how John stole all her earnings and had forced her into having an abortion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Lorena's team argued temporary insanity with one expert witness stating, Lorena believed she was immobilised by John's threat. So he, she said, he said, I will find you whether we're divorced or separated. And whenever I find you, I'll have sex with you whenever I want to. What? So following Lorena's testimony, thousands of letters arrived to the courtroom. Most of them are in full support of Lorena, sending her love and sharing their own stories of abuse. So maybe it was the clerk court, court clerk at the time, who remembers receiving one letter addressed to John. And it read, you sorry blankety blank. It's too bad that a dog didn't find your period penis and carry it off before they could find it and reattached it. (laughs) I love maybe. (laughs) So after seven hours of deliberation, the jury of seven women and five men found Lorena Bobbitt not guilty of malicious wounding due to insanity, causing an irresistible impulse to sexually wound John. She was found not guilty. That's good. Yeah. Um, so Lorena said this she said the woman, woman came with a card and she looked at me and she smiled at that moment I thought she was just kind of like telling me it was going to be alright then when she read not guilty that's all I understood not guilty Lorena's lawyer said that she'd saw Lorena smile for the first time throughout the entire thing she hadn't smiled once I was very happy for her it was the first time I could remember seeing that girl smile like she Aww. was miserable she didn't want to be there she was unhappy he was like going to Hooters living it up so under Washington law Anyone acquitted due to temporary insanity must be placed under psychiatric care for at least 45 days. So Lorena was sent to Central State Hospital in Pittsburgh, after which she would be released. So she just had to go for 45 days. So Lorena said, although the hospital was not an enjoyable experience, being away from the media was a blessing to her. She finally felt disconnected from the circus that had been following her for months. Mm. She was like, I was away. Now, she did do an article for Vanity Fair before her trial. 
But I know the only reason she did that article is because Jana was like, you have to do this article. Because the entire time she said she was just so uncomfortable. She didn't, and her English was not great. She felt she was detrimental to herself. The fact that her, she didn't have a lawyer, you see. Yeah. So that was the problem. Because there was nobody to be like, don't do this. So after 45 days, Lorena was released. Suddenly she was without a house and without a job. She felt lost, but also free. The summer of 1994, she finally became a US citizen and her entire family travelled to see the proud moment. Lorena's hope was that her parents and siblings could join her in the States and they could all be together. So they came to see her and then they stayed in America with the hopes of being, being naturalised. Lorena went, goes back to Burke as a manicurist and administrative assistant. So she didn't look for any money. She didn't try to get on TV shows. She was like, I'm going back to my normal life. Shunning the media on the spotlight. A media, um, sorry, a movie about her story did not come to fruition and she was very happy about that. Playboy offered her a million dollars, but she turned it down. She said, my family, we just ate beans and rice and hot dogs because that was the cheapest thing. Do you know how much a million dollars would have helped? But I stood up for my beliefs, my integrity and my Catholicism. Wow. So she was like, I'm not doing this. God, she's a very proud yes, person. Yes, she is. And fair play to her. Like, as I'm saying, how they both act after this is very telling of the type of people that they are. Yeah. Because he went into porn, right? Wait, I'll tell you what he did. Lorena enrolled in community college again. And it was here she met her partner of the last 24 years, David Bellinger. David was everything John was not. Kind, hardworking and above all, never abusive to Lorena. In 2005, the couple had their first kid, Olivia. And in the same year, um, Lorena started a foundation called Lorena's Red Wagon, and it's dedicated to the prevention of domestic violence. Lorena regularly attends colleges, schools and businesses to discuss women's safety. And this has become her main cause in life. That's amazing. She does not see herself as a celebrity, nor does she want to be seen as one. She said the media was focusing only on the penis, <laughs> the sens- sensationalist, the scandalous, scandalous. But I wanted to shine the light on the issue of spousal abuse. When I went to the, to Knoxville, so she went to a college, the president of the school introduced me as a celebrity. I said, thank you, but let me correct you. I am not a celebrity. I am an advocate. Mm. So Lorena's life seems blissful. She had everything with David that she did not have with John. A happy home, a good job, a kind husband and a beautiful child. Speaking on her advocacy, advocacy she said, I stayed in the community. Everywhere I go, I will be recognised. So might as well stay. I know the area and I know my friends in the area. We're not going to change the world in one week. Look what happened to me. It's been 25 years and it's still not perfect. We haven't reached equality or women's equality. There's a lot more work to do for all the advocates to do. Oh, she's so great. Now, there was a minor setback in 1997 when she was arrested for allegedly assaulting her mother, Elvia Gallo. She's dead, right? A neighbour testified that Lorena... (laughs) A neighbour testified that Lorena jumped on Elvia while she was watching TV and beat Elvia's head with her fists. In court, however, Ovia said the marks on her face were caused, caused by, quote, a pimple, a really big pimple. Lorena was acquitted and found not guilty. So her mother was clearly like, I'm not getting you sent to jail. I'm just going to say this didn't happen and I have a pimple on my face. Oh. So I don't know what happened there. As for John, well, John took every single millimetre of media attention and the money he could get his hands on. After the trial, his fame seems to shrivel and his options are few and far between. Shrivel's a good word. Shrivel's a good word. Just grab it. In 1994, he moved to Las Vegas and after a chance encounter with adult film star Ron Jeremy at the Playboy Mansion, Boba goes on to make two adult films. 
John Wayne Bobbitt uh, uncut and Franken penis. Oh, for fuck's sake. Bobbitt said, quote, a porno seemed like the best way to show my penis. Only it wasn't healed all the way yet. I realise now that that was the point. They just wanted a mangled penis in a porno. Oh. He continued to make various appearance on Howard Stern's talk show. Honestly, can I just say, fuck Howard Stern and he should not be given yeah. a redemption arc in any capacity. This guy's a piece of shit. A piece of shit. Oh, with Stern paying for male enhancement surgery. Mixed results. So basically he got paid for John Wayne Bobbitt to have his dick made longer and bigger. Why? No idea. This is what Howard Stern used to do. Yeah, so he did it. Uh, Bobbitt would eventually go back to the surgeon who had sewn back on his dick to have it reverted back to its original size and girth. So he made him get a really big, long dick. And then John Wayne Bobbitt was like, yeah, this isn't working. And then went back and got it fixed. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Howard Stern's a piece of shit. I do not know why Howard Stern's getting a redemption arc. He's a cunt. Is he getting a redemption arc? Oh, big time. All the comedians are like, we love Howard Stern. Fuck Howard Stern. Garbage human. Like Howard Stern's allowed to, what, go and have uh, on his talk show, have like a panel of people and one of them being the Grand High Wizard of the KKK. Yeah. And everyone's like, that's chill. Fuck Howard Stern. So although both movies became the uh, highest grossing movies in adult entertainment, John was once again left broke. He said... The porn industry is a crooked place. <laughs> like my dick. Bobbitt then started a band called The Severed Parts. God. In an attempt to help with his medical bills. Because you remember, he just had this thing sewn back on. And it, he still needed medical attention to it. Like it wasn't, you know, there's going to be problems. But obviously he couldn't afford it because of medical, you know, America. Um, obviously this was a resounding fucking failure. It didn't work. So, <clears throat> uh, in 1997, John was hired by Dennis Hoff. The owner of Moonlight Bunny Ranch and Nevada, Nevada Brothel. What? Hoff hired John as a greeter, hoping it would generate attention. Hoff would go on to fire and hire him multiple times over a few years. Like he would hire him and then fire him and then hire him and then fire him. This is a quote from Hoff regarding John's behaviour. I hired John as a greeter. I thought it might be an opportunity to get a little media for the ranch. What a scumbag. John's first interview was with NBC. He was all, I feel so bad. I'll make it up to Lorena. I want to get back together. And then he offered to show the producer his dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which I heard from some of my girls look like a dented Red Bull can. Oh. I get him in the office and I say, listen, butthead, this is not a petting zoo. Put your dick away. <laughs> and forget this crap about you're sorry. Your wife cut your penis off. This is the fucking bunny wrench. <laughs> you're surrounded by 30 hot chicks. This is the get even. Get it? That's what he said. Oh, okay. So from 1994 to 2010, John Wayne Bobbitt is arrested and charged with physical battery towards Christina Elliott, a 21-year-old former exotic dancer, and his new wife, Joanna Farrell. So this is a pattern with him. He was again twice arrested on charges of batteries against Farrell in 2004. And that same year, he filed for the divorce under the name John W. Farrell, which he'd been using since his marriage to Joanna. So he took her name. He was acquitted in all instances. Which is completely normal because most of these cases never go as far as yeah. they need to go. In 1999, John pled guilty to grand larceny charges, charges relating to the theft of clothes worth $140,000 from a store in Nevada. John claimed he thought the clothes had been paid for and was sentenced to five months probation. What? How do you do that? How do you steal 140 grand worth of clothes? What? I don't understand. And then was like, I thought they were paid for. Because why? Because you got your dick chopped off. 
I don't understand what's happening. So four months after this, he is found guilty of harassing his ex-girlfriend, Desiree Ailos. Okay, so he's got a... He's got oh, a... He's got a pattern. On the 10th of August, John appeared on WWE Monday Night is Raw. No, he did not. He did, alongside professional wrestler, wrestler Val Venus. These are all the weird shit he was doing. So as his ventures dried up, John takes on various odd jobs, such as a limo driver, pizza delivery driver, a bartender, doing anything. He also married, manages to marry another woman named Dottie Brewer, but the marriage is annulled after 13 days. So in 2014... This guy's life is a mess. A mess. A car runs a red light and crashes into John's truck. John breaks his neck, but he does recover. These days, he lives in Vegas, primarily on disability payment from the car accident. He spends his time searching for the treasure chest that eccentric millionaire Forrest Fenn is rumoured to have buried in the Rockies. What? He hopes to be invited to the White House if he unearths it so he can express his support of President Trump. What the fuck? What? He searches Say for the <laughs> What? He spends his time yeah. searching <laughs> He's on disability, Emma. Yeah. For the treasure chest that eccentric millionaire Forrest Fan is rumored to have buried in the Rockies. And then he wants to go to the White House and he wants to say, hey, Mr. Trump, look what I found. Well, he's not there anymore. <laughs> right? John maintains he still loves Arena. He spent years sending her flowers and poetry long after they divorced. In 2009, the two appeared together on the show The Insider. John apologised to Lorena for how he had treated her during the marriage and declared his love for her. She did not reciprocate. <laughs> John still maintains that he never battered Lorena or any of the women, sorry, women he subsequently married or Oh, okay. dated quote okay. this is what he said I didn't batter Lorena and those women after Lorena the ones who were using me my name as a stepping stone I didn't batter them either a stepping stone you're a bartender yeah you're now who are you living, who are you living in Vegas looking for a fake treasure with chest with a broken neck mangled Mickey like he said I'm a marine I'm trained to protect people not hurt them fuck off he also believes that if Lorena had just spoken to him on that night in June, things would have been different. He said, if instead of cutting off my penis that night, she just waited until I woke up and talked to me, we'd probably still be married with a family. No, you wouldn't. Lorena does not share this sentiment. No. And that is the story of Lorena Bobbitt and John Wayne Bobbitt. That is the story. <laughs> He's looking for the treasure chest. An eccentric billionaire here in the Rocky Mountains so he can go to see President Trump and say, hey, look what I found. Like, is, is part of the deal that when you find the treasure chest, you get he to must, go? He must go to the White House where the, because the eccentric millionaire probably stipulates that. Is this a Nicolas Cage movie? He is batshit. So that's what I mean when I say how they both acted after this is indicative of the type of people that they are. She was like, I just want to live my life. I don't want any part of this. I don't want to make any money from it. I just want to start my foundation to help abused women. And he's like, hey, I made some fucking Franken penis movies and now I'm looking for treasure. And the porn industry is a crooked business. <laughs> crooked place. Crooked but now I work in a ranch, a, like brothel. Yeah, a brothel. He worked in a brothel. And the man was like, put your dick away. <laughs> put your dick away. He tried to show the producer <laughs> Like, I don't even know. I'm not laughing at what happened to Arena in any capacity. It's just this man is insane. And obviously the amount of alcohol and drugs he's done over the years have not helped the situation either because no. he's for the fucking breads. And there's a really funny part in the Vanity Fair article. 
I think it's, yeah, it's a funny fairy oracle where the journalist goes in to meet him in his house and there's a painting on the wall and he, she's like, oh, that's lovely. And he's like, Bob Ross. And she was like, oh, an original Bob Ross. And he just goes, no. Why did you say it was a Bob Ross when it's not a Bob Ross? He's a fucking crazy person. Like, I hope he finds the trash. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the story. Um, you did a, a very good job. Thank you. I just think it's sad because all this really awful shit happened. And then everybody was like, ha ha, dicks. But I often think if he had like cut a piece off of her, would this be a story? No. It'd just be hidden. It'd yeah. never be talked about. Because men, like, you know. Because men are put so much on their penis. It's the like, world does. Yeah, it's like, it's so important. It's such a big thing. I always say it. And I've said it before and I'll say it on this podcast again. And I'll say it a million times. At hen's parties, we walk around with phallics. Literally like dick straws. Yeah. Like, yeah. At stag's parties, do you see a vagina? No, nope, you don't see a vagina. Is anybody wearing a vagina hat? What's, what's, what's what do they say that men, uh, men don't even really like women? No. They just want to fuck them. Yeah. But they like the part, company of other men. Okay. Women are just like there. But yeah, uh, so Colin's always talking about me cutting off Mickey's. So there you go, Colin. Anyway, that was a great a story about Mickey cutting. I really enjoyed that. Good. I thought you'd like John Wayne Bobbitt's uh, outcome. <laughs> sorry excuse me like I'm very tired I love reading these things in stories and I'm like Sarah's going fucking love this (laughs) like like when you were talking to me I was like am I having a fever dream (laughs) he's what so he's a broken neck he lives on disability he lives in Las Vegas but he goes to the Rockies to try and find hidden treasure left by an eccentric millionaire even though he's has a broken neck like (laughs) just I kind of wanted to look up the adult movies but then I was like you know what no I don't want to see I look up later I don't want to see this man's uh, acting ability Uh, let me see so he lives in Las Vegas he lives in Las Vegas yeah he lives in in Vegas and he goes to the Rockies to try and find it I feel like we should go there and try and find it and then go to the White House like go to Biden the Rocky Mountains like the bit I don't understand is right because when you were uh, telling me I yeah, know yeah. I know I'm good at geography <laughs> I was like he lives in Las Vegas yeah. the Rocky Mountains are in Wyoming yeah. and Montana he travels up to the Rockies and he goes hey anybody know where this um, treasure is anyway and she's like is. and she's like I have a foundation and I'm married he with a child start a foundation. and then I look after uh, women that have been violently abused by men and he's like he still loves her like he's still sending her shit he's a fucking idiot I'm trying to contact her but anyway that is the story the maybe not fully known story of Lorena Bobbitt Lorena Gallo as she goes now and the horrible things that happened to her so we're done Sarah's exhausted she's going home um, yeah no I am done she's very tired um, but thank you for joining us thanks very much guys and we'll see you next week we'll see you next week for more fun I smell the sweat off me I'm happy Christmas happy Christmas everybody bye Colin Oh man, what a wonderful day in the Houston house. It's a beautiful day. Oh, I wonder who could be at the door. How are you, Bono? Edge, what's happening? Did you listen to that podcast I recommended to you? No, man. I've been too busy hammering nails into the soul of the tree of pain. Two feminists bitching on a podcast talking about murders. It's an interesting podcast. It's a podcast. One's from Longford, one's from the big smoke. They started telling stories, now the internet is broke. Emma's got 
So you think you feel blessed, but she's in a bad mood because one of them is deaf. Stone deaf. Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane, can't say her second name mainly because her husband Graham don't want any of the blame. Jack or Bella or Hades be good for your mammy's good to do scary ladies. They go around looking for men after dark, so be careful if you're hanging on the Liffy Valley car park. Cause it's all about the matriarch. They're looking for young fellas, looking for creeps. They grab them and they throw them in the back of Sarah's Jeep. And they pull out their fucking teeth. My, my men are scum All men are scum Let's castrate all the cunts Oh, murder my marriage It's a feminist podcast show